We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And uh, as promised last week, we will continue what we started when we were talking about beers that are much sought after and why that is. Because last week we talked about Planet of the Younger, which had made it up to Portland for about, oh, I don't know, a day last week. And we talked about that on our Quick Hit episode. Also tried uh, a Von Eber Black Pills on that episode as well. So if you missed it, you can go back and find it and uh, give it a listen. You can find our podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Omni, Radio.com, TenantyTheFan.com. And actually, I was looking earlier today on Google. I just searched our podcast name. There's a bunch more places that aggregate podcasts now. Oh, okay. So if you just look for it and find a place that fits for you, uh, great. There was also one called like um, something with an owl in it. I can't remember the exact name. Um, not owly. That was one of those like link shorteners, but it had something with owl in it and it was ranking based on listens, our most listened to podcasts. And I was like, I don't think that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might be. I don't know. But uh, it was just, it was interesting. So wherever you find it, uh, that's where you can find last week's or any of the podcasts that you've missed. And wherever you do go, sub rate review. Uh, it helps us out for sure. Uh, Instagram.com slash beers and us is where you can find the podcast and then personal pages. Uh, I do not have a personal Instagram, but I am at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter and Patrick has at P Diddy 085 on Instagram. Um, we'll get into the popular beers and why and why not and the breweries and all that kind of stuff in a second. Uh, but weekend beer, uh, mine was very simple. I went to Von Ebert twice, <laughs> once on Sunday, once last night with you mm-hmm. and, um, had a couple of good uh, good meals there as well. Sat at the bar both times. Uh, just had a nice time up in the Pearls. So uh, that was my week of beer. Nothing crazy, but uh, that was a nice ta- nice way to kill a little bit of time and uh, spend some time with some friends. Uh, let's see. My week in beer. I spent a little time at Wayfinder the other day just because I like it there. It's nice and it's good beers. What did I have? What did I? What was I drinking? I want to go there and have food. I, think I was drinking their Czech Pilsner. Mm. I was really digging that. I- I've had the food there Sort of. I mean, mm-hmm. we did that burger brewer brawl, right. which wasn't really their food, but we had right. I had food there, and I think I maybe have had like an appetizer there once. But I actually would like to go there just to have a meal. Like it sounds like it would be really good food. It's good. I was there a couple months ago on like a double date, and and it, it's good. It's a great spot. Good service. You know, it's just a nice, fun environment. That patio is great as well. These things are starting to gear up. That place is getting busier and busier, so kudos to them. Um, I had been I drank probably five or six pints of the gumball IPA from Boneyard. Gumball uh, this IPA. week because that is a collab they did with Three Floyds, which is a very popular brewery 
in the Midwest. They do Gumball Head, which is kind of a really popular IPA out there. And they have a connection with Boneyard as well. Boneyard's system at their new location is the former Three Floyd system. So they're they're friends and that kind of stuff. So they did a collab together in an IPA. It was delicious. Maybe one of the best Boneyard beers I've had ever. Really? Yeah. That's pretty fin- cool. It was fantastic. So when you say gumball, does it does it give you flavors of like chewing gum at all? Or is that just a funny creative name? I think it's more of a creative name. I mean, it's definitely got like some tropical flavors to it. Because um, but- isn't there isn't there a, a hop or a something that comes into beers that sometimes can create a little bit of a bubblegum flavor. Is that a bad thing? I just remember we talked about it at some point. Yeah. But it was like chewing gum. I mean, I think that's more of like a yeast characteristic. I think that's more of like a yeast, uh, estery kind of, yeah, gumball-y kind of sort of thing. Not like a banana thing, but kind of, I don't know. Maybe in that same world. For me, they they touch a little close on each other. It's definitely a yeast characteristic on that. But no, I didn't get it. I didn't get that much of a estery profile. It was just more of kind of like a tropical, juicier kind of flavor but very light body very hop forward it was quite nice i also had a 15 day old rpm the other day on clean draft lines up at the florida room it was excellent mm. it was excellent there you go yeah and it was just kind of like oh yeah i like this beer oh yeah and then yesterday i had a coco cow as did you as did i yes and yes. i also had a uh, frame pilsner yesterday times two yep yep and i had yeah i had a frame pilsner as well in a boneyard? Did you have a boneyard? I did there? have a boneyard there. Didn't taste as great there. <laughs> you know, it's like you had one two days ago. Yeah. I saw it and I was like, oh, you know, I had one the other day. That was pretty good. Yeah, I'll have another one. You're like, oh. I mean, it's good, but yeah, I don't know if it was dirty old. lines. Yeah, I didn't something. know if it was old or it was dirty lines. You know, and it's like a, it's like a mobile bar outside that I just can't believe they do a lot of work on. Oh no! So, <laughs> there's there's no way. Yeah, yeah. But the pills we were, the pills were tasted fine. Yeah, so and the cocoa cow was good. And the cocoa cow was good as solid, well. Solid. Um, but I right. think I think that's for the most part it. New batch of cuddle puddle on tap at Slab Town right mm. now. How many have you had already? Delicious. How many have you had already? I don't know. How delicious? How many have you had, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to bounce around. We've got a lot of hoppy. We've got a lot of hoppy beers on right now at Slab Town. When did it come on? <laughs> it went on Monday. Okay, so that, I've probably only had two pints of it. We got a lot of hoppy beers. We're gonna say right today's now. Thursday, and in in the in the peak of your cuddle puddle drinking, <laughs> you were probably having two a day. So I was gonna say, all right, so you're up up to eight, probably. Yeah, but no, two. Okay. But I might make a crowler tonight and take one home, sort of thing. That's smart. Um, but yeah, but we've just got a lot of great hoppy beer on right now at Slab Town, like four low ABV hop forward kind of pale ale sessions kind of stuff. And uh, the Wander Jack collab is is still on as well. That was very good. I did quite enjoy that one uh, when I was there a couple weeks ago. All right, let's get into the topic of the week. And uh, that is beers and or breweries that become incredibly popular across the country. Right. Last week, we we talked a little bit about Planet of the Younger and why the, how that beer came to be and why that beer came, became so popular. I, I would also say just to... Add to that, Pliny the Elder is also very popular outside mm-hmm. of California. So wherever they do distribute, that is a beer when it's here, I know that I'm like, ooh, I'm going to have a Pliny the Elder. Yeah. And whenever we're at bars, it's like people are ordering the Pliny the Elder because it's here. So Pliny the Younger is rarer yep. and they make less of it. But uh, those two beers uh, have become very, very popular, even though that at this point, I mean, they're frankly what 10 year old recipes or more well i mean i wouldn't be shocked if they're like evolving but yeah i mean they're older beers right they're older designs but it's the name the name is has so much gravitas yeah the name is still pretty elusive i mean they only distribute in california and 
you know, and kegs get to Colorado and kegs get to Oregon. So, I mean, we see Elder and Blind Pig and STS and, and we get bottles of the, the, the barrel-aged sour stuff, which people still really love and go bananas for. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a beer that, that, uh, that across America people will do anything to get their hands on. I mean, I started following, uh, the subreddit of craft beer on Reddit and I don't, know how much i love it because it's just a lot of people taking pictures of beers that do not look very appetizing but Mm -hmm. um i am kind of gauging you know i'm doing it for some like side research stuff i'm kind of gauging like the breweries that people are really excited about and stuff like that kind of just shows it's like their haul you know oh look at what i got and i'm interested to say okay what's that brewery where's that from i mean it's a lot of hazy ipas it's like 90 percent hazy ipas makes sense but in in wanting to know and understand like the hype train and the hype market and what people are really kind of searching for. It's it's a decent spot to look. Well, let's start there then. Let let's go with what have what have you found in that research as well as what do you just know off the top of your head as beers and or breweries that have become legendary in the I don't want to say like the black trade market or whatever, but have become legendary among craft beer drinkers in the country. Yeah. Where someone in New York goes, I need this beer, even if it's not from a New York brewery, or even, hell, someone from here, right? Yeah. We we are very fortunate to be here to have a ton of craft beer options and to always have new things coming out, but I'm, I'm sure there are still people here who play that game of like going into the Midwest and into the mountain region and to the East Coast and to get some of those beers. What are some of those that you know or that you found through your... Uh, very, very, very important research. <laughs> um, well, a lot of it is kind of stuff. I mean, I, I notice there's not a whole lot of beer, at least in my world, from like outside of the area, outside of the West Coast. When you get to the Midwest or the East Coast or the Northeast, um, there's not a I don't think there's one beer that I'm like, oh, my God, I got to have this because I think I li- we live in a place where I'm pretty fortunate that there is a damn good there's a damn good beer that represents every style made in this area. Agreed. So there isn't really something I'm just like, oh my God, I got to have it. But I do know that there's, I, I do know through my time living here and being around that there's a bunch of breweries locally that have not just specific beers, but just kind of styles in general that people will go bananas for. The, the One, two, three. <laughs> Great, Great notion. notion. Yeah, yeah. But but a lot of it is also, I actually think it's a little deeper than that. That's part of like the, the kind of haze train that's that's been going on. A big thing that people really, really desire in America are you were looking at this barrel-aged stouts and big, big time on high acidic, high tart, barrel-aged sours mm. with fruit. So that's where you get your... Your Cascades come in, your Degards um, come in, your Rare Barrel from California come in. Those beers are very, very in demand on the, quote, black market or in the hype train as well. People want those because of how bold and crazy their flavors are. That's kind of like, oh, my gosh, I got to have I got to have this. I, ha- I mean, I had a Degard the other day that had um, red and black raspberries in it. And it was fantastic, and it wasn't overly tart or overly acidic at all. It was there, but it was... that's That was my last experience when I went to DeGarde. I was like, I, I don't love sours, and nothing was too sour. Yeah. They all just had really wild, interesting flavors, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, great job, guys. And I wonder if that will hurt their demand in the outside of the region, because people Possible. want those really, really bold flavors. Uh, I, I, I told this story last week, but I'll tell it again. Uh, my mom... 
and, and my dad, there's a bar now, now closed, sadly, in New Jersey. It was called Dog and Cask. It was a craft beer mm-hmm. bar, which is very rare to find up where I grew up. Um, and they would go there. My dad would go over there for the beer. My mom would get, she doesn't drink beer, but, uh, the bartender they became very good friends with. And he moved out to Colorado and he's actually working at a brewery out there called, uh, uh, like dark project fermentation or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact name, but he's working out there. And when they would come here, he would always ask them for certain beers. He said, Hey, can you bring me some beer back? The first one was bourbonic plague uh, from cascade. Yeah. Yeah. The second one was. Can you guys drive down to Tillamook for me and get me some Degard? Yeah, yeah. And now he's working at a sour brewery, so that was always his go-to. Um, I can't remember. Oh, and he won a Great Notion, of course. Yeah. He really wanted a Juice Jr. when when they first opened up, and that was a huge beer. Mm-hmm. We went to Great Notion and got him some beers there. So those are the three places here that someone from New Jersey who was really in the craft beer scene, but like in the popular marketing craft beer scene, wanted those three breweries, yeah. which I thought was pretty fascinating. Yeah, and I think it's crazy, too, and and... You know, I, I want to get to this in a sec, so I don't want to get to it too much right now because there's some other stuff I want to touch on. But there's, it's so crazy because those three breweries are in such demand in this, from this area, yet they're not in demand in this area. And I find that so funny. Like, I don't I don't get to Cascade very often. I don't get to Great Notion very often. I'll hit to Gar, but I mean, I got to decide to go out there sort of right. thing. Yet it's so massively popular. I would say outside. that I would say that Great Notion has more popularity than you're giving them credit for in the city well, right. because every time I go, it's packed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's kind of where I wanted to go next and and they did something. They're in on this this hazy, you know, this hazy revolution or whatever you want to Boy, call it. Boy, are they. Yeah, and you know, those are the those are the kind of breweries that you see most in terms of like demand and the and I've got to have, you know, things like Alchemist Heady Topper, you know, oh my God, have you ever had a Heady Topper? I did, and it was three weeks old and was oxidized and was not very good. Just smelling it was like, this is gross. Um, but I'm sure a fresh Heady Topper is probably awesome. And, you know, Treehouse. I've had fresh Treehouse beer. Where is Alchemist? Alchemist is in Vermont. Is Treehouse also in Vermont? Yes. For some reason, Vermont beer is like massively popular Wait, marketing. Treehouse in Massachusetts or Vermont? I don't care. It's somewhere up there. Um, hey, but, <laughs> this is America. <laughs> know your states. But, uh, well, I know my states. I just don't know where that is. I think it's in Vermont, though. It's probably in Vermont. Or Massachusetts. I don't remember. Either way, um, I've had fresh Treehouse beer. A couple people from the brewery went out there for uh, Extreme Beer Fest a couple years ago. That's every year in Boston. And they ended up going up to to treehouse and you know stood in line and i was like you guys like just drop some names like don't stand in line they were like no 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 we wanted to like get the experience of people standing in line they stood in line they got some cans brought them home with them they were like four days old and they were good Mm. they were really good i'm not paying somebody for it i'm not gonna wait in line for it but that's the demand that people want. And then you start posting your pictures on the Instagram, on the Reddits and, you know, the beer forums and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden these beers take on take on their own life, you know, like take, for example, Tulip Shop Tavern that we've mentioned on this that I've mentioned on this show multiple times. They carry a lot of Cloudburst and Holy Mountain and uh, Chuckanut and a bunch of like Seattle area breweries, Engine House Number no. 9 or E9 for short. And there are some people in the Midwest and East Coast that would look at that tap list and their jaw would just drop. And I'm kind of like, well, I've been to Holy Mountain. I think it's just kind of cool. It's not beer that blows my mind or anything. I I think that's why I I find this topic so interesting. And I think hopefully a lot of you listeners will as well. Because those of us who live here don't understand 
what it's like to live in a place that doesn't have craft beer right. everywhere. Right. And I think that's my my overarching thought with this is I put myself back 10 years ago when I was living in New Jersey and I knew nothing about beer then. But let, let's say I take my current knowledge brain and put it back and, and I just go back 10 years. Yeah. I would be desperate to get good craft beer. Yeah. Because frankly, the options out there, they're not very good. Yeah. I've had a couple of breweries out there that I'm like, oh, this is a solid beer. Oh, this is a, this is a decent beer. There's one down the shore where my, where my aunt and uncle live and I can't remember the name of it. I think it's called Carton. Um, it's, it's either in Asbury Park or in like... Um, uh, Atlantic Highlands or something. I can't remember exactly where it is. They make some good beer, right? It's fine. It's good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't blow you away, but it's solid. But I've had a lot of craft beer since I've started drinking craft beer back home. And I'm like, oh no. And it's like, so if that's what your expectation is and that's what you've come to expect, and then all of a sudden, this huge beer from Colorado or California or Oregon becomes popular and you go, oh, well, I heard they make great craft beer and you try it and it's a thousand times better than the crap you're getting at your at your home state. It's going to build that intensity even more. And I think that's where, for us, we're like, yeah, we, we, we have great beer, mm-hmm. right? I don't need to go somewhere else to get good beer. It's mm-hmm. here. And a lot of the times, because we're, we're Oregon, people will give their beer to Oregon so that we can try those beers. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the case with 95% of the rest of the craft beer drinkers in this country. And I think that's why this kind of popularity kind of spirals. Yeah, of, of a place... Spirals upwards. Of, of all the places that don't get Treehouse in America... It is less surprising to see it here than anywhere else. Right. And I think it's because even though we're the furthest away from them, we could not be further from them unless we're in Hawaii or Alaska. We could not be further in, in, you know, in the U.S. from them. Yet it makes its way here because this is the destination that everybody wants. Like everybody wants to see how their beer stands up. And that could be an arrogant, that could be an assumption, but I, but I, I truly feel that if you are anybody in the craft beer world, you want to see how your beer stands up in this area. But I also think we want to see how our beer stands up in maybe Northern California and Colorado. You know, Austin, Texas is a big hot spot right now. Asheville, North Carolina, you know, Chicago and some Florida stuff's really catching on. And obviously in uh, the Northeast, you know, I, I, if I own Breakside Brewery, I want to know what people think of Wanderlust in Florida. Like, if you can get a fresh, chilled, you know, in great condition bottle of Wanderlust to, to Florida, I'd love to see what those people think. Absolutely. As long as, long as they are craft beer drinkers. Because, again, that's that's the thing is, I don't want to sound luxury or preachy, but, like, you're, you live here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking to you necessarily. I'm saying you, the listener. You live here. What do you mean, you, the listener? Uh, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? Um is you live here. So you you have built, and you're listening to this podcast too, mm-hmm. so you have built yourself a palate that appreciates good beer. Sure. Someone from Florida, even though they might be getting some good craft breweries, they might taste Wanderlust and go, that's weird, right? <laughs> oh, too hoppy, too, too bitter. bitter. Yeah, where's the malt? Yeah. Right? And they're going to say, this sucks. Oregon beer could sucks. Be true. That could be true. Because they haven't, they haven't exposed themselves yet or been exposed to, mm-hmm. not by their own fault, to a ton of different beer styles. I used to be this way too. Yeah. I used to hate West Coast IPAs when I moved here. I was like, what is this? It's so bitter. And then, you know, you, you learn, right? You yeah. try different ones. You grow into different beers. It's a, it's a learning process. Oh, man, you weren't around in the late 2000s. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> so the I hop think, wars, the space race. Again, I think that's just kind of interesting is you want to see how your beer does in Florida. Maybe the beer doesn't do this that well because it's not you know, a malt forward IPA that they're used to or, or whatever it is that they drink down there. It's a very valid point. I mean, I, 
you know, this is this is more of a few years ago, and I'm sure it's continuing to evolve and continue to progress. But there are times that I've walked into tap houses and bottle shops in Vancouver. I've walked into some breweries in Vancouver, and I feel like their palates are five, ten years behind ours in terms of what their palate demands. I don't think that they necessarily can't identify. That's not what I mean at all. But in terms of what the common person wants, the common person in this town wants a crispy boy lager, a juicy, hazy IPA, or a West Coast clean, light-bodied IPA. And I don't know if that's true in Vancouver. I don't know if that's true at all. I think a Kolsch might be more exciting because of the touch of sweetness. Um, I think malt is still a big a big thing over there, and they're just across the river. So, I mean, I think you bring up a great point about where where you are and what you're surrounded by, especially the breweries you're surrounded by, are going to dictate whether what kind of styles of beer you like. We all make West Coast IPAs out here. We all make really bright, clean lagers out here. So, of course, that is what we're going to demand. We like hops. You put some of our, you know, I, I was at the Oregon Beer Awards the other day, and you put you put our Pilsner, Freem's Pilsner, you know, you put a lot of people's Pilsners in a German judge's hand, and they're going to laugh at you. They're going to scoff at you. That is way too hoppy. What is this? That's what we like. Yep. And that's what we do. And that's why our Pilsners are a lot different than other people's, you know, because that hop character is so, so pronounced because we got them, and that's what we like. So, what are some of the other breweries and/or beers that you had written down here that have that that you've noticed have become outside of outside of our area that have become incredibly popular? Yeah, I mean, like again, there's a lot of sour stuff. There's like Burial in North Carolina and True in Colorado and things like that. And and you know, Weldworks in Colorado is doing a lot of hazy stuff, and people are all into that stuff. Other half in New York is probably the most popular brewery I can think of. Not in the mid on the East Coast, you know. I would say that. When I look at this web, when I look at this subreddit, it's just like other half this, other half that, other half this, other half that. I wrote down Dogfish Head. I know probably to this point they might not be as popular, but I right. remember that the that IPA series where they did like the 30, 60, 90, 120 minute IPAs. Yeah. I remember people were like, oh, I need to, Dogfish, Dogfish Head. Yeah. I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, a lot, and a lot of it is, you know, and a lot of it is the barrel aged stuff. You know, like look at Firestone Walker's barrel aged stuff. You were looking at a list and Parabola's on there. I mean, all that stuff from there. Sticky Monkey, like whatever you, whatever you can. Velvet, I was about to say Velveteen Dream, but that's a wrestler. Um, the Velvet <laughs> Merlin, you know, things like that. Those are huge. It's, you it's, had Goose Islands, Bourbon County yeah, style. Yeah, it's, it's all the stuff that's made to last. Mm-hmm. That's what people want. Because it travels. Yeah, that's what people want so desperately. So I don't know how the hazy aspect got so popular in terms of traveling and trading i mean i guess it's just that the style is just such in demand but all that trading and stuff it's almost all it's almost all barrel aged stuff stuff that's meant to take a little bit of abuse and meant meant to sit on for a long time some other some breweries that i like that are hard to find like like moonraker in california you know i think they make some really cool stuff and we did just completely glance over you know russian river i mean i know we talked about them but yeah but I mean, it's not just Pliny the Elder with Russian River. It's that whole Cation series, beautification, supplication, consecration, uh, damnation, what, whatever it is. Um, people want. Sounds that. like you're naming Opeth albums. Yeah, right. And and <laughs> one of them is an Opeth album. Damnation. You know what they all have in common? Barrel aged sours, and that's that's what people want. Holy Mountain and their saisons, like that's what people want. Do you do you think that perennial? You know that kind of stuff. Abraxas. Do you think that the quality of the beers that have become massively popular 
match up to how popular they became? I think to an extent. Okay. I do think that there is a lot of there is a lot of a legitimacy behind it. Um, like I said, I've had fresh treehouse beer. It's really good. Boom. That's probably why it's popular. Some right. of it is marketing. Yeah. You know, I reached out. I reached out to. I reached out to Paul at uh, Great Notion to kind of see if we could get a get a moment of his time at some point, and he's very open to that. So maybe we'll go to the new spot because I haven't been to the downtown spot yet, and chat with him. And I would love to ask him that question. And and it's 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 hard to ask a brewer or an owner of a brewery or a you know a higher up at a brewery. Is it the beer or is it the marketing? Because they're always going to say it's the beer. Of course, right. that's what they're the most proud of. That's what the hard work is. But it is a little bit of both. But I don't think you can win the marketing battle if you've got a bad product inside. You know, just because I don't care for hazy IPAs doesn't mean that, you know, culmination hazies or modern time hazies or great notion hazies are bad. That's just, I'm just the wrong person to ask. Right. It's like, I think country music sucks. So don't ask me about country music. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you can like country music all you want, but I, I can't help you, you know. I drink wine, but I can't I can't break wine down for you. Right. I like a nice Syrah. You know, I like a Pinot because we live in this area, but I don't drink white wine. Right. I don't drink rosés. I like maybe half a glass of champagne, and that's it. Do you this is the last question before we move into beer of the week, unless you have something else you want to talk about. Is I, I know you don't run any sort of sort of social media accounts, but is there something that you've seen that has been successful as a as a format for let's say great notion, right? Because we know that they're mm. insanely good at marketing on social media and their can art's just beautiful too. That is true. A hundred percent. What is it that they did before they got popular? Cause now it's just, it's running on the gravy train, right? What is it that they did before they got popular that piqued the interest of people so much? Or, or have you seen it with breakside, for example's posts that you guys have made that just take off what what is it that attracts those people, or is it totally lucky? Well, I mean, I definitely think there's a little bit of luck involved for sure, but some of it, honestly, dude, is hashtags. Hashtags and pictures of the beer. You put the right hashtag in, and someone, you know, people that scour Instagram for that stuff, they'll just search that hashtag and look at everything tagged in it, and then all of a sudden you see this, ooh, cool can. Ooh, that's the color of beer I kind of like. Where's this? And then, bam. I, there, like, I saw something, there was... There was a post. There was a post from a local brewery that had a hazy IPA in it, and it looked awful. It looked awful, and it had thirty thousand likes. Mm. And you're just like, "Whoa, how does this happen?" And I think it's just the social media game. It's just kind of like what anybody would do, whether you're an Instagram model or a celebrity, whatever it is. You you get yourself in the in the right picture with the right hashtags and the right timing. Whether it's the story, what's a Friday night, or you know something like that, it's just getting the exposure. If you guys out there are part of this world at all, let us know. Reach out to us, DM us on Instagram. Uh, that's probably where we've been checking our our personal messages the most is on the beers on us Instagram page. Shoot us a DM. What are the beers that you try to get right from across yeah. the country? What are beers that your friends who live elsewhere plead with you to bring to them? Because um, it's not really something that I do, and it doesn't sound like it's something Patrick does, at least not to this point. So if you do that, if that's part of your your forte with uh, with beer, let us know, because I'm curious. I just, yeah. I have no idea. So uh, feel free to, to DM us on Instagram.com slash beers on us. I'm also curious about the vessels in which they're traded in, you know. Is it, is it cans, bottles, crowlers? 
stuff like that. I'm I'm actually running some tests right now at Slabtown on some crawlers and warm storage and cold storage about travel and things like that, trying to pinpoint some issues that have been brought to my attention. And so I'm also curious how they are being transported. And I like I really want to do something. I really want to take a can, like a, a, a professionally packaged can and a crawler and get two of the same of each and keep them here in my in my fridge the whole time and i've got a i've got a good buddy who lives in atlanta and i want to send beers to him in atlanta just to turn around and ship them back to me and then side by side them hmm. i desperately want to do that great it'd be a great experiment because i want to see I want to see you know what, we what could kind do? of damage it takes. We've only done one or two of these. We could turn that into a Let's Experiment episode. Yeah. Let's Experiment. Bring the two crawlers in. Cool. We try them side by side. Yeah. Wham, bam, thank you, man. Let's go. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea to me. Sierra Nevada Paleo. Whoa. Beer of the Week is next. I have no idea what Patrick brought in today. Uh, we will find out in a moment on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And uh, he is, he, Patrick, he, That's me. Uh, is expertly hiding That's my the name. can don't except for the, the comic strip that's on the side of it. And I read the comic and I don't understand it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what do we have for the Beer of the Week today? Today, the Beer of the Week is a gold medal Oregon Beer Award winning IPA. Okay. From Fort George. Well, it's been a little while since we had Fort George. Called, I think the last time we did, we did our little three-way IPA experiment right. where we got the weird pours. Called Fanzine, I believe. Okay. Fanzine. Um, it is an IPA collab with Grains of Wrath. Okie dokie then. Um, oh, I remember seeing pictures of the two of those guys working yes. together on Insta. Yes. Um, I got to taste some of the betas of these because Fort George loves to like brew early batches and release the betas around town to get like kind of hyped up about some of their beers, which I think is kind of a cool concept. And maybe some feedback just to fix it as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a really cool concept, but it's also dangerous because if you've got one out there that you don't like, you're kind of like, uh. <laughs> like I've I've had a beta from Fort George and was kind of like, uh, this has diastole in it. <laughs> this is not great. Anyway, uh, and I thought it'd be cool because it is Grains of Wrath's second birthday this weekend. So if you guys have the chance to go out to Camus, uh, say hi to those guys for us. I don't think I'm going to make it. I have to work on Saturday. I might be able to sneak out there later at night, but I, I don't know. I got a buddy in town, too, that I kind of want to hang out with. Um, that, but I do think what is interesting about this beer is this beer won a gold medal at OBAs. Okay? Okay. This beer was canned on the 2nd. That's three days ago. OBAs were three weeks ago. Yeah. And submissions were six weeks ago. Okay. So this is not the OBA batch. Can't be. Can't be. So, I mean, okay. So what's the expectation then? Seriously. I have no idea. Because I didn't, I mean, did you drink this before this batch? No, no. Oh, okay. No, never had it. I mean, my assumption is that nothing's changed because they want a gold medal with it. And I'm assuming that they, I, I know you put forth your best foot forward and you. It just makes me wonder if it's the same beer. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I guess that's fair, but why wouldn't it be? I don't know. If you want a gold medal, don't you want that beer to be the, the beer that you... I don't know. Don't, isn't that... Huh, I'm very confused. I don't know. Is it actually a comic strip of a real comic, or is it like totally made up? I don't know. It might be made up, but I read it, and it's all about the light, and I don't get that. Maybe I'm just dumb. Give me a nip. Psst, psst. The good stuff. 
Yeah. So I'm not going to read it on the on the air. That's very that's very bad radio. Uh, very bad podcasting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I, I, don't really I already don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But it I is quickly I quickly scanned the images and was like, I don't know. What's yeah, I'm over this. Uh, it's a, it is a West Coast IPA though. Um, let me see here if it's got some stuff. Six point seven percent. And that's it. Okay. It was canned on the second. It's called Fanatical. At ten twenty six in the morning, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. But it's got. I mean, one thing I love about Fort George, just in general, is that you know a Fort George can. Yes, you, you do. know a Fort George can when you see a Fort George can. You've and got that, the you've got the sideways logo on the yep. side of the can, and yep, you it, know what you're getting yourself I, into. I just think it always looks cool. Um, well, I took my first sip. Uh, we're both drinking out of water glasses right now, which is very funny. This is how I like to drink them. I like <laughs> to drink them out of these glasses. Um, mine's got more of a square edge than yours. You got a round glass. Yeah. It's uh, it's certainly got a West Coast IPA front end. It's very bitter at the front, but it actually kind of it evens out to be very mild as it keeps going. I'm I'm very used to these West Coast IPAs doing the like. Easy, 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 pa! <laughs> and this is like pa. Okay, I'm good now. So it kind of it kind of winds up very mild at the end, which is interesting. Um, you know, on my first sip, I will say I like it, but I'm not sure that I love it. Gold medal, love it. Um, but again, that's first sip, so I'll I'll go with another sip on this one and, and give you guys a, a better idea. Uh, it doesn't smell super strong either. It doesn't have a huge nose on it. Let's see. Patrick's reading it on the website. I'm reading some stuff on the website, yeah. It features the art of independent folk legend Michael Hurley, who himself is the subject of fanzine. A piney bitterness backs up the heavy hop additions with grapefruit and other citrus notes. Mild sweetness from the malt bill lingers with taste of orange juice. Well, my second sip was a lot more bitter than my first sip. Just tell me the hops. God! (laughs) That's all I want to know. This drives me nuts. When people do this, I'm sorry, I actually like this beer. I think this beer is really good. I, my second sip, I got a lot more of the West Coast IPA flavor I was looking for. A lot less of that sweetness that they were talking about. I did get that at, at the end, and it was like, hey, I'm, I'm sweet. Um, but no, the, the second sip was like, oh, okay, there's the hop character I was looking for. So better, better on the second go around. It's like a sunny day kind of IPA. Because mm. it's like, it's not super dry. No. It's kind of like soft and like juicy on the palate so it kind of quenches the thirst as one could say i don't know if i at least i don't know if i fully agree with that but um because there is dryness at the end oh yeah it's sitting in there you know i mean i think it'd be really hard to make an ipa a west coast ipa that well i guess it's not really hard i think it'd be really easy to do that if you're just bad at making beer but if you're (laughs) but if you're solid at making beer i mean all, all west coast ipas are naturally going to be dry it's just the levels of dryness. Maybe right. I've probably been drinking too much Freem beer lately because their IPAs tend to be, their hoppy stuff tend to be really dry, um, which is something I enjoy. So this is kind of the opposite of the spectrum. I I dig this beer. I'm, the more the more sips I'm taking of it, the less my first opinion of it is is mattering to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, kind of, oh, you know, you know it's, it's okay. I like it. I don't really see gold medal. And these last two steps, I'm like, okay, oh, okay. There's the hop character. There's some of the uh, there. There's some of that bitterness that I was looking for from from what I would have assumed would be a gold medal IPA. Um, and to be honest with you, I think we've talked about this before. I have not had a lot of Fort George beers lately that I've liked that much. Um, well, they stopped making they stopped making beers that weren't hazy. 
True. They were one of the breweries that dove full into the hazy yeah. craze. Um, Which is totally fine. People love that crap, but I, uh, just not me. I, I, I remember bringing crap. one in from them. I didn't them. mean to say that. That was rude. I, I remember bringing one in from them for this podcast, and it was a... Wasn't it like a barrel-aged, like... Pilsner or something. Oh yeah, that beer was cool. That was a cool. I one. remember really liking that beer. Me too. It was called like Tree of Life or something like that. And um, we that, were like, "Why did you barrel age a Pilsner?" Yeah, it, I don't remember if it was exactly a Pilsner, but it was something like that. And um, that was the last Fort George beer that I had had. That I went, "This is really cool and interesting." So here it is, the Fanzine or Fanzine or whatever is the is the next one that I find to be quite good and quite interesting. In a long line of Fort George beers that uh, that have been kind of not bad, but just falling a little bit neutral to me, you know. I know. I really wish. What was that? Was that 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 oatmeal pale ale? Sunrise is that what it's called? This beer they used to make back in the day. I love every time if I go out there and they've got it, I get super jacked about it. But yeah, I mean, I you know they focused. They did a lot of hazy IPAs, and obviously their their bourbon barrel program. Is really big. Yeah, you, you uh, got me a Matroshka, like Matroshka and, from last year mm-hmm. or this past year, which was really solid. For yeah, sure. and then last time I was out there, they had like a couple like cocktail inspired beers, which um, we do a lot of at Breakside right now. So I'm, and you know, running a bar program now, I'm always really interested in cocktail inspired beers, especially if you can make cocktails with those beers. Mm. Um, I think that's really cool. That would be really cool. That's really cool. But I'm I'm due for an Astoria trip, so maybe I'll head back out to Fort, Fort George and. Um, pile through the lineup i love the little tap room the level tap room not the actual restaurant oh, the one that's the off to the left spot at, yeah. in the brewery i like that spot a lot yeah i uh i've been there once um i've I've eaten both downstairs and upstairs as well i like their little outdoor area when it's nice too yeah yeah just go sit on the bench and mm-hmm. it's just a nice spot to sit but if you go upstairs to the pizza place you can actually see the river from the from the windows which is always a good spot to sit as well um, so yeah, there's our beer of the week. It's Fort George's Fanzine or Fanzine, however you say it. It's a collaboration with Grains of Wrath at one gold medal at OBAs. And um, don't be fooled by your first sip. Keep <laughs> going, because it is actually quite good. Yeah, and as, as as for next week, I would like to get out and a boot. So okay. maybe we'll go somewhere. Talk, talking with Paul, a great notion. We've had some lines in the water. Ruse. Um, ruse and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure I can make it happen. The only thing, I can't guarantee it because... I have some staff members out of town, and I am working a lot, so we'll see. Okay. But I would like to try and do something. Well, we will maybe go on location next week. If not, we will figure something out. Um, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you find us. Instagram.com slash beers and us. Send us DMs there about your your nationwide search for beer. If you're one of those people who really wants certain breweries and certain beers, let us know what those beers are and how you get them and how they travel uh, you can send us information on that there and then our personal pages i'm at mike 27 on twitter patrick's at p diddy 085 on instagram uh, we will see you guys next week traces We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.